Good afternoon and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of Southern California and USC. I'm Sana Mahmood, coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Kevin Gramling. It's Monday, February 13th, 2023. On today's show, Iranian Angelinos protest during the 44th anniversary of the Iranian Revolution. Letting the people in Iran know that we're here, we understand what you guys are going through, and we'll support you, whatever you guys want. We hear from protesters seeking to get Amazon to get rid of their plastic use. And we get some fire prevention advice from experts on how to prevent wildfires heading into the warmer weather. The best time to be thinking about wildfires is always now, before a potential wildfire comes close to your community. All that and more on From Where We Are, after these news headlines. From Annenberg Media, I'm Jason Pham. President Bashar al-Assad of Syria meets with UN Chief Relief Martin Griffiths to discuss urgent aid funds as earthquake death tolls in Turkey and Syria reach more than 36,000. Turkey's health ministry stated today that nearly 20,000 earthquake survivors remain hospitalized in Turkey with severe shortages of medical supplies. Los Angeles firefighters responded to a fire today at a vacant structure that had spread to an apartment building in the Westlake District. About 20 residents were displaced and more than 150 firefighters fought the blaze. Post-Super Bowl victory, Kansas City Chiefs star quarterback Patrick Mahomes followed Super Bowl tradition and appeared in a parade this afternoon at Disneyland Park. Rihanna stole the halftime show with her long-awaited performance and fiery red outfit that left Twitter fans questioning if she was pregnant, which was later confirmed. The Super Bowl made for some exciting moments with the Kansas City Chiefs winning 38-35 against the Philadelphia Eagles and Chiefs star quarterback Patrick Mahomes earning his second Super Bowl MVP award. Baseball season at USC is in full motion. Their first game is scheduled for this Friday against Marist College. They will play at USC's Dido Field and all tickets will be priced at $5. Those are some of the top stories in the news today. I'm Sana Mahmood. I am Kevin Gramling. Coming back to our story, on Saturday, thousands of people protested outside of City Hall on the 44th anniversary of the Iranian Revolution of 1979. Demonstrators stood in solidarity with the people of Iran and rallied against the human rights violation and mistreatment of women occurring in the country. Sarah Khan has the story. On Saturday, tens of thousands of people gathered outside Los Angeles City Hall to protest the Iranian regime on the 44th anniversary of the Iranian Revolution of 1979. Attendees used the protest as an opportunity to express their distaste for the Iranian government while simultaneously showcasing their solidarity with the people of Iran. This demonstration is one of many that has rallied people against the Iranian government's treatment of women. These protests have pushed courageous women to the front line of the cause. One of these women is Mercedes, an attendee of the protest who prefers to have her last name redacted for safety reasons. She describes the value of going to the protest and showing support to the Iranian people all the way across the globe. To me, it was more like 
just the solidarity, right? The people coming together and letting the people in Iran know that we're here, we understand what you guys are going through, and we'll support you, whatever you guys want, because you're the one paying the price. Although Mercedes lives in California, she still holds a strong connection to Iran, explaining that she attended the protest in part due to her strong feelings for the country. But why I personally was there is because um, I have a very strong nationalistic feeling towards it, and I feel terrible about the situation that the people in Iran are going through right now. Sepi Defars, another protest attendee, believes that this solidarity should be focused on pursuing human rights, an ideal she thinks has not been prioritized in recent years. Far sees Iran as a country that once had incredible potential to advance into a first world country, but now has had this potential stripped away. I just think human rights has been kind of pummeled over. <laughs> I mean, I see it over here. Obviously, it's over there. And that is considered that Iran is considered like a quote unquote third world country. But my goodness, it was so forward thinking. So many people were on their way to really get that country to become a first world country. And it was very capable of doing that, being that. It just didn't happen. So I think human rights is a huge thing and um, true democracy. For Fars, the heart of the protest lies in coming together. Her mother, who immigrated to the United States at 19 years old, attended the protest, showing the multi-generational breadth of the cause. It was pretty emotional, I have to say. Like, even my mom came uh, to this. And, you know, she's like 77, 78 years old. So, um, and it was, it was, it was powerful. Saturday's protest showcases the vast support for the people of Iran across the world. Many have gathered in cities across the United States in recent weeks to make clear their desire for a regime change. Despite the distance between California and Iran, Protesters such as Mercedes and Sepi de Fars exemplify how far-reaching this movement is. For Annenberg Media, I'm Sarika. Amazon, whose rate of plastic consumption is already high and only getting higher, is facing protests at their door and across the nation. People are demanding solutions to the immense amount of plastic waste produced by the trillion-dollar company. Matt Chen has students' thoughts at the protest. Nationwide protests are ongoing, calling out growing concerns about Amazon's plastic consumption. Amazon's consumption rates of plastic increased by 18% in 2021. With the statistics of 2022 not yet released, this number can be expected to grow. The protest has been echoing around the nation. The main one was at Amazon headquarters in Seattle, Washington. And at Amazon Studios in LA, there was a more modest protest. It was nonetheless passionate. Tenzin Lama, a USC student, called out Amazon. Amazon is like every consumer's go-to for a quick and easy shopping experience. However, because of that, there is a huge impact that Amazon has on the environment. This impact amounted to 709 million pounds of plastic waste in 2021, according to Oceana, an advocacy group focused on ocean conservation. According to Amazon, they are using technology to tackle this problem. 
In a company blog post, the company explained that machine learning is reducing its packaging. With the help of a virtual site system, it's possible to determine the size of the packaging. Through recognition of keywords like glass, the system can determine the item's fragility and the amount of stuffing needed. So Amazon is taking steps to reduce its plastic consumption. Is there cause for hope? Llama thinks no. And although it's making efforts towards reducing much of its plastic, it still isn't nearly as no- enough as it needs to be. Only time will tell if Amazon will take more direct action than a suite of new technologies. For Annenberg Media, I'm Matt Chen. What is going on in our skies? Late last month, the U.S. has shot down what the Pentagon called a Chinese balloon equipped with surveillance capabilities. Then three days ago, U.S. fighter jets downed another object over an icy sea in northern Alaska. That object was said to be about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle and was flying without no obvious system of propulsion or control. On Saturday, a third mysterious object was knocked out of the sky, this time over Canada, about 100 miles from the U.S. border. And again yesterday, a fourth flying object was destroyed over Lake Huron. So what is going on here? Is our security at risk? Some people are asking, are they from aliens? <laughs> White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre even felt the need to address that. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Um, I, I, I'm not... Would you tell us? So, what do you think is flying over our skies? I don't know, but I saw that the commander of the Air Force said they weren't ruling anything out, so... I'm a little disappointed. I have to say, I was hoping they would they would leave it open, even <laughs> just for fun. Even just for fun. As the weather gets warmer, fire season approaches. You'd think this unprecedented rain we've had recently would be a good thing, but it also can mean a more formidable fire season, Dana Hammerstrom spoke with an expert about how California residents and even us students can prepare for wildfire season. While recent rainfall in California may have your worries eased about the upcoming fire season, don't get too comfortable. Despite the nearly 32 trillion gallons of water dumped on California over a three-week period in January, fire season has the potential to be even more dangerous and damaging this year. According to recent reports from major media outlets, including the LA Times and The Guardian, one product of the storm was an abundance of new vegetation, vegetation that will turn into matchsticks once it dies and dries out in the warmer spring and summer months. Rainy relief in January comes at a cost for California natives, and according to Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez, this is the new reality for our increasingly destroyed environment. Experts still say that it is too early to predict. However, it's never too early to prepare. Rebecca Miller, an affiliated postdoctoral scholar with the Huntington USC Institute on California and the West, as well as a AAA fellow with the U.S. Department of State, shared why it is so important to be ready for fire season before it begins. The best time to be thinking about wildfires is always now. 
before a potential wildfire comes close to your community. That could involve checking in with your local fire department to better understand what your risk hazards are in your community. It also might involve looking at some of the historic smoke patterns that we've seen over just the last few years. But the first priority is understanding what your risk is and then from there working to mitigate it. Many of the biggest wildfires that have affected California in recent years have been forest fires. And while Los Angeles County contains a majority of urban areas, residents must prepare for fire season nonetheless. Los Angeles is definitely a lot more urban uh, than some of the other places that we see experiencing some severe wildfires in California. But it's also important to remember that Los Angeles County has had its fair share of fires, even recently. Fire isn't something that Los Angeles has never seen before. In fact, it's not uncommon to have major wildfires in Los Angeles County or even in the surrounding areas like Ventura or Santa Barbara counties. Despite not being home or landowners, college students can also do their part to prevent potential wildfire damage. College students are probably going to be most affected by potential smoke, in which case being prepared, whether that's with air filters or having access to a clean air facility, which will have better air quality, is again going to be your first step towards mitigating that risk. More California fire prevention information can be found on www.fire.ca.gov. For Annenberg Media, I'm Dana Hammerstrom. In today's segment of Full Disclosure, we will be talking to Anthony Slade, a USC editor, about his experiences making tough calls around sensitive subjects in the newsroom. So apparently we heard about a recent um, scenario in the Annenberg Media Center um, involving your reporting, your experience reporting on a club, or you'll elaborate, but... um, involving their desire to maybe read the story or like have more control over how you report it. So can you describe the scenario? Yeah, so it was probably a couple of weeks ago um, and it was um, someone who actually I've, I'd worked with in the past um, and they had been starting this new club on campus that was really cool. Um, and so they reached out to me and said, hey, it would be really cool. Um, I know you're an editor at Annenberg Media. Would you be able to cover this or, um, you know, send one of your journalists to write about this? And I was like, you know what, that is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I did some research and the next day I came in with that pitch. And usually um, uh, on Mondays when I come into work, uh, we try to get the stories like we pitch them in the morning um, and we try to get them out by around 6 p.m. Uh, at the earliest. A lot of times it's a little bit later, um, <laughs> but we try our best. Um and so, yeah, we, I, I pitched the uh, I pitched the story about the club right in the morning um, and we had our journalists, you know, right on it. They were sending emails. They were doing research. They got mm-hmm. so much information on this club and it was, you know, panning out to be a really cool story. Um, but then, you know, the people, a couple of leaders in the club, including the person who reached out to me, they were very reluctant um, to, you know, do any interviews, which was very surprising because we were just trying to, you mm-hmm. know, do a, a nice profile on the club, give, mm-hmm. give some information. You know, when did they meet? What, what did they do? Um, so yeah, they were reluctant to meet with us. And then eventually, uh, it got to the point where, you know, they were sending us email answers, which, you know, is one thing, but then they said that they, they didn't want the story to be published unless they were able to read the entire story, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a big no, no, um, as far as journalism goes, at least for the Mm -hmm. platforms that I've worked for. Um, and so, yeah, that was definitely, 
something that I wasn't expecting. So what ended up being your decision once they, you know, said that we're not going to let you or we're, we don't want you to publish it unless we get to read it? What did you guys decide to do? Yeah. So we, we let them know immediately, like, sorry, like, that's not really how this goes. <laughs> yeah. um, and I totally understand why they would want to, because, you know, it's you know, it's their baby. It's something they've been working on. They're very passionate about it. Um, so it makes sense that they'd want to read the full thing. But, you know, that, that's just not how it goes. So we told them we're not able to do that. Um, and it's, they were still reluctant on doing interviews and stuff. So we, ha I felt bad, but I had to let them know, you know, if you're not able to do interviews, um, if you're if you're not going to be like basically compliant with the rules that we have at Annenberg, then we're not going to mm -hmm. be able to tell the story, at least today. So we tabled it to another day. Okay. And I think to this very day, um, <laughs> there hasn't been a piece uh, done on that club yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a shame. It, well, I guess in retrospect, are you happy with, you think that was the right decision that you guys made? You know, I, I think it's kind of the only decision that we could have made right. because, you, you know, I, I'm an editor, which is which is awesome. And, you know, I feel like the big man on campus, but there's people above me who make the rules for me. So I, I can't, I, even though I have worked with um, these people before and I think that, you know, the club is great. I think the president of the club is, you know, really cool. And if they were able to do an interview, I know it would have panned out to a really cool story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if they can't follow the rules, then, you know, unless it's incredibly breaking or mm -hmm. something that needs to be reported on, we don't have to report on it. Exactly. OK. OK. Yeah. And there's been other times, too, that um, we've kind of had to uh, kind of shift gears. And uh, there was this recent story that was kind of about uh, a gas leak that happened on campus and we were getting so much conflicting information and we weren't able to kind of confirm things. So we just had to publish like, you know, we were told this from this source, we were told this from this source, and that was it. So why is it so important that the source doesn't read the story? You know, I, I think it, it definitely depends um, based on what the story is about. For one thing, you know, for this story, it's probably not the most important thing that they don't read it. We just try to keep those standards for every story that we do. But, you know, for stories that are about a lot more controversial topics, you mm -hmm. know, when things have to do with people's personal information, when things have to do with people's reputations and stuff like that, um, it's really dangerous to send out those stories before mm -hmm. they're published because, right. you know, the the people that are kind of affected by that w are going to be affected by it before they even know it's published. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Anthony Slade, an editor for USC's Annenberg Media Center. Um, that's all the time we have today for you. But oh. thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Yeah, no problem. I was in the area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Valeria Diaz and Clémence Fenyot produced today's show. We had help from Nina Muthdath, Jack Smith, Lexi Klein, Shaudé Farhami, Natalie Lozanzo. Our board operator is Fernando Sanfuegos. Our live stream manager is Rebecca Zhao. And Derek Renfro composed our theme music. We're also streaming live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Kevin Gramling. And I'm Sana Mehmood. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From, From Where, Where We, we are. are. So, I a little birdie told me you're from Philadelphia. I am. And the little birdie was you, but <laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank you. I'm very much grieving right now. As someone, was rough. As someone who knows nothing about football, <laughs> I can I can sympathize. I can't empathize. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Do you have any plans? Right. 
No, sadly. 